0: Hello and welcome to The Activist Podcast, brought to you by Vegan FTA, vegan for the animals. I'm your host, Gareth Skurr and I will also be joined by my wonderful co-host and wife, Jackie Norman. In this episode, we have the brilliant Matthew Glover. Matthew is a co-founder of global campaigns such as Veganuary and Million Dollar Vegan. And more recently, he's taken on the global giant KFC with his very own brand, VFC, Vegan Pride Chicken. In this interview, we discover how a double-glazing salesman has gone on to create global change by daring to think big. This episode is full of tips to be effective advocates in the realm of business and hospitality. We are so glad to have met Matthew through this series as he inspires Vegan FTA to keep thinking bigger. We hope this episode inspires you as much as it did us. And be sure to check out our social media pages at Vegan FTA on Instagram Instagram Facebook and YouTube, where you can also find this series in video format. So, Matthew, uh, can you tell, please tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do? Yeah, sure. Um, I've got a, a background in, in
1: running businesses, uh, uh, being an entrepreneur. So, I started my first company when I was 21 um, and uh, been sort of in that sort of double glazing event space. Um, and then more recently, um, the world changed for me when I became a vegan, this is about eight or nine years ago, so I've been doing a degree of activism through Veganuary, I know we're going to talk about that, a uh, million dollar vegan, um, so yeah, that's it, I have um, a partner in crime, Jane, she, she's a bit of an introvert, so she's not on the call with with, with me, um, but we're very much uh, like you two work on it together, um, and uh, so that, that's me in, in a nutshell.
2: That's a pretty awesome nutshell. <laughs> I mean, Veganuary alone has inspired almost a million people in 192 countries to try a vegan diet, which is incredible. Um, and, you know, as a, as a creator of Veganuary, along with Jane, when the concept first came to you, was it just a bit of a whimsical idea? Um, or did you have the feeling even back then that you might be onto something big? Uh,
1: listen, I always think big in everything that I do, so I was, I was pretty confident that it would work. Um, I mean, at times I'm sort of disappointed it hasn't done better, um, but that's just the way I am, you know, but I, I think in, in many respects, we were quite lucky that the name really resonated with people from from the outset. So the, there was sort of precedence, particularly in the UK with um, Stoptober and Movember. So this idea of people committing to do something for a month normally something quite positive um and the name being sort of a hash of of, of a two words sort of merged together so when we uh myself and jane were talking through the idea of doing a pledge vegan pledge which we felt was the best thing to, to get people at least giving it a go and then we talked about what what was going to be the best month and we felt that january was the right month um for this you know with new year's resolutions and People have just eaten too much food at Christmas and uh people are just generally more interested in the health and all that aspect as well. So we had the word vegan in January and it was like veganuary? Does that work? You know, and uh it it, it worked really well. I mean, the the first year, even though it was just myself and Jane working on the campaign, um, we got some great media attention. We were in The Guardian, we we had the Daily Mail writing. That Jamie Oliver was taking part in the January, which was total nonsense. Uh, <laughs> I don't know where they got the story from, but that was, you know, it, just just the two of us working in our kitchen, and suddenly you're in these national newspapers. was was great. So um, yeah, but we were very lucky. It sort of then started to generate its own momentum.
0: So at the time, um, I understand you were still selling double glazing and Jane was um, was working as a teacher. What did the local community yeah. there in York uh, think of you guys all of a sudden hitting the news with this?
1: Yeah, I, actually, I think we kept it, it pretty low uh, for the first uh, sort of few years. But one uh, thing I can tell you is about two, three years, or well, two years ago, we moved into... Um, small hamlet on the outskirts of uh of york um so there's like 15 houses and um i said to jane when we move here let's let's not tell everybody we're vegan it's, it's a farming community around here let's just let's get to know everybody first before we like let let this news out let the cabbage out the bag um and and, and then within a couple of weeks, there was a journalist from the York Press got in touch um, and uh, wanted to do a, a little interview. So Jane said, oh, you know, we've got this journalist. And I was like, don't do it. You know, we're, we're just getting to know the neighbours. You know, let's, you know, And she says, well, it'll only be a small one. Um, so she, she sent back some questions. And then they, the, the journalist wanted some photographs. And I was like, don't send any photographs. Um, anyway, she did do Anyway, next day we were on the front page of the art press, um big picture of me and Jane York couple run the January campaign, something like that. So then it was you know the neighbor found out, but actually everybody's fine with it we We get on great um so the, there's the talk of a barbecue later on in the summer once the lockdown finishes, so that'll be that'll be
0: interesting see how that goes. <laughs> oh, that sounds amazing. I can imagine though, page two big sale on pitchforks and torches, you know. Yeah. Welcome to the
2: neighbourhood. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there was uh, it, it went
1: it went on to the York Press online as well, and and some of the comments were were, were quite amusing from from people. Um, uh, we, we live in a village called Cotmanthorpe, and uh, so there's one person, but you know, to think I, I nearly moved to Cotmanthorpe as well. Glad I didn't. <laughs> <You know. laughs>
2: You influence the <laughs> whole village. That, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's brilliant. And, um, I mean, one of the, the reasons that Veganuary appeals to so many is that from the outset, you know, you've pre- you presented veganism in such a positive way. Um, is this a natural extension of you and Jane and how you live and view being vegan? You know, would you say that this whole sort of joyful aspect is a key to marketing and growing Veganuary?
1: Oh, no, we're quite miserable, really.
2: <laughs> most <of the>
1: time.
2: <laughs> I could tell.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think we just, we looked at it and, uh, you know, we, we, we live in a, co- a community where veganism is, is not the norm. So we, we felt that um, we needed something, that we needed the campaign to be non-judgmental and friendly and, uh, you know, not typical sort of hardcore animal rightsy. Um so we 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 just it just intuitively came that way where we just, you know, I I guess it I guess it is an extension of our personalities where we didn't want to fall out with anyone. We just wanted to to say, look, give it a go for a month, you know, if 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 you enjoy it, that's great. You know, we obviously we secretly want you to stick with it at the end of January, but we're not gonna be, you know, we're not gonna be judgmental if you um accidentally get drunk and have a kebab in the middle of january it's it's not the end of the world you know we we, we help you get back on and onto the uh program and uh see how it goes and then through doing that you tend to get more people that are open to giving in a go that, that's our experience anyway and uh so the, the campaign's always been like that um we you know we do share still share traditional animal rights messages um but it's dotted around with sort of friendly sort of messages as well, positive messages. Um, and that seems to work. That's worked for the campaign. You know, if we were too hardcore, we wouldn't be able to, to work with all of the big chain restaurants and supermarkets and, and all of those wouldn't wouldn't entertain us if we were too too hardcore, I would say.
2: Yeah. yeah, yeah, very true. Even over here, you know, Veganuary is a thing over here and the stores get involved in the supermarkets, you know, and we have big displays, which is, is fantastic. Like you say, you know, if it was hardcore, I don't think that you could uh, do that too well, especially in rural old New Zealand. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, that's great to hear it's happening in New Zealand as well, because we don't have any staff there or, you know, so it, it's, uh, it, it, it's always been a campaign that's done extremely well in the UK. Uh, in fact, um, We've worked with YouGov, uh, part of the government, uh, and, and they did uh, a survey recently to identify what proportion of the UK population were aware of certain animal rights groups, and veganuary uh, January, 40% of the UK population was aware of the campaign. Um, but again, I'm like, well, what about the other 60%? You know, so how, <laughs> we need to work on that stuff. but... Um, yeah, so we're we're, we're pleased, um, but in, in other countries such as Australia, New Zealand, US, the rest of the world, pretty much, and is not as well known. Um, but you know, we've got we still plan to gradually keep uh, growing the campaign
0: internationally. I definitely think it's getting there. Um, there's a lot of people I meet who don't really know what a vegan is, but they've heard of Veganuary, so that's a good sign. But, oh, great. Right. Um, once you got the um, the campaign up and running, you did. Um, you end up writing the books of how to go vegan and it's a brilliant little resource, you know, uh, helping to keep people on, on track there. Have you found more people yeah. are sticking to the Veganuary, um, now that they've got that extra little support on hand?
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, first of all, I want to uh, say that the, the book was written by Kate Fowler, who is, uh, a, an amazing activist in the UK. So hugely experienced. Um, and, uh, we actually that that particular book um we had a call from the publishers in in, in august saying you know we'd like to do a book with you and and uh, we we'd been a different publisher that got in touch to 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 do a similar sort of book and and they were saying they would do it the year after so when i was speaking to hodders i said well look if we if you guys can turn this book around in by this January, um, then, you know, we've got a deal. And, and they said, well, if you can write the book in five weeks, we can turn it around. So Kate, uh, she, she just put herself in a room and she just put a pen to paper and she wrote an amazing book. Um, and we managed to get it ready for the, for the, for the next uh, January campaign. And yeah, I mean, I, I'm not sure what the figures are, but there's certainly sold um, thousands of copies. Um, so far. And uh, yeah, the, the, the feedback that we've got is um, that, that when you've read the book and you've thought it through, and we're very, it's called How to Go Vegan, um, but the first third of the book is Why Go Vegan as well. So we start off with all of the reasons why, and then we give the practical tips. So it certainly uh, is is a, a very useful resource for anybody that's taking part in, in the January.
2: Definitely, definitely. I think it's you know it's an awesome resource anyway. And I've got, I mean, we we've written uh, we wrote a cookbook um earlier in the year and or last year, should I say? And, and it took us a hell of a lot longer than five weeks, so that's amazing. That's a huge turnaround, <laughs> and it's such a great resource to have as well. Just just the name, how to go vegan. I mean, I've been getting people asking me lately, can you write how to go vegan? And it's like, oh my god, where do you start? You know, so it's so great to say, yeah. well. Wow, Go here. There's a whole book on it, you know, because it's a lot more than yeah. just like, well, you do this. You know, <laughs> so, <laughs> it's, it's a brilliant resource. And um, I mean, like you say, January's influenced supermarkets and and other business which have otherwise been sort of quiet in January, which was another great bonus of um, you know, the the whole uh, not gimmick, but you know, the whole concept um, and made yeah. them realise what a demand there is for vegan food and and develop new products. And apparently, uh, oh, Marks and Spencers, who I miss greatly, you know, even they've created a vegan strategy group um, and with every year that goes by, you know, like I say here in New Zealand, there are more and more companies, more and more places that are offering vegan options because of it and all this from a small seed of an idea. Um, was this also the case with your next project, which was, uh course, Million Dollar Vegan? You know, did that start on a bit of a whim as well or again, was that big from the outset?
1: Yeah, um, just on the Marks and Spencer's point. Uh, just a quick story on that. Um, the, the the actual part of the reason why Marks and Spencer's have, have developed such an amazing range is that there's there's a young woman there who took part in Veganuary and uh, and stuck with it. Um, and uh, she, she we we met with her about three years ago, and uh, she was struggling because she was a food development person, so she had to try the foods that she was developing and some of them at that point in time were still meat based. So, you know, she she was vegan, but she was still having to put meat in her mouth, which was creating her all sorts of sort of ethical problems, as you can imagine. Um so we met with her and she said, what should we do? Maybe I should join a vegan business uh that develops and I was like, no, stay at Marks and Spencer's, you know, because you can make such change if you do that. And uh, and then since then she sort of led the way on developing plant kitchen, and uh, so that's great. Sorry, I did I'm not answering your question at all here. But in terms of uh, million dollar vegan, yeah, it was. Um, that was. We we originally thought about doing it for the January, um, so the 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 million dollar uh, sort of offer concept, um, but it, it felt like more of a an edgy sort of controversial campaign. So we felt that we will create a standalone um, campaign for that. And you know, we we worked with um, some uh, donors uh, in the movement that uh, were willing to sort of back it and put the put the money up as well. So it took a little bit of planning, but uh, you know, a fun campaign nevertheless. Um, and uh, um, it, it's still it's still you know, it's only like eighteen months uh, it's been it's existed for, so it's still very early days for the campaign.
2: Oh, it's brilliant. It's so exciting what you do. Like everything is so positive. And I mean, for those who don't know, um, Million Dollar Vegan Shot to Fame in what two thousand nineteen when it helped um a twelve year old Genesis Butler write a letter to the Pope asking him to go vegan for Lent in exchange for donating a million dollars to charity. And um, you know, at the time he said it was a, a deliberate sort of audacious move to jolt wildly world leaders should i say out of their complacency absolute genius you know and it attracted so much traction and awareness all around the world um and like you say got awesome celebrity backing how was it you heard about genesis and what made you decide to get behind her and her mission
1: yeah well we we felt that if it was an animal rights group asking the pope to uh to 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 go vegan for Lent, it wouldn't carry as much weight as this amazing young girl you know so we 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 were aware of genesis she's a superstar even before million dollar vegan she was uh you know doing amazing things she did a tedx talk when she was six was it six seven eight something like that um and she she spoke so passionately and so um you know we we were debating whether we could get um a celebrity to to make the request of, of the pope um but we felt it softened it quite substantially if if we could have a uh, an amazing young activist like genesis on, on board so um we we the, the how we got to to speak to her about it was um we were at the animal rights conference in, in the U S and Genesis was there. So we, um, we got, we got to know her and uh, we, we had friends and put us together. Um, and uh, there was a question asked of a, um, you know, Genesis, you know, if you were to, to ask any of the world leaders to go vegan, would you be happy to do that? And she's like, yeah, of course. Amazing. You know, I'd love to do that. So um, we felt comfortable that she, she would, because it was a big thing as well to, that media limelight for such a young person but um we spoke to her mom and did all of the due diligence and we knew that she was going to be totally comfortable with with being part of it and fronting the campaign and she did an amazing job and um we actually the pope i don't know if you remember but she her and her mum visited the vatican and um um got within two meters touching distance of uh, his holiness um but she, she did manage to get within the, the walls of the Vatican City and, and met with um, one of the priests there. And um, he blessed her and blessed the campaign. And then we, she, the, the letter that was signed by lots of celebrities and activists and w- was actually handed over in the Vatican City. And uh, the Pope actually wrote a letter to, to Genesis, to her home, um, thanking her and um Blessing her and praying for her and and to continue the great work, Uh, which was amazing. I mean, unfortunately, he didn't agree to go vegan. Um, (laughs) But we always knew that that was going to be an audacious ask. And and, and the the success of the campaign, we always felt didn't rely on whether the Pope agreed to it or not. It was more a case of putting it out there for um, a more, let's say, Conservative Christian audience to think about the the issues that we were raising, Um,
0: and uh, you know, in that respect, I think I think it worked. Wow, it's such a beautiful story, and um, we're hoping to hopefully get hold of Genesis during this uh, series and talk more about it. Like uh, we just love that story so much, and um, so Million Dollar Vegan has the bolder approaches compared to the lighter-hearted sort of Veganuary. And also yeah. um, you guys have collaborated with animal rights movements and environmental movements like, uh, Extinction Rebellion. Um, was it important for you to start bringing those guys in with, um, the case of Million Dollar Vegan?
1: Yeah, I, I, we, we were intrigued by, um, Extinction Rebellion and, and, uh, obviously there was the animal rebellion, uh, part of, of that. Um, so we supported it alongside, you know, many other groups, uh, at the time. So, um, even though um, I guess we're more on on the the um, pragmatic side of, of the movement, you know, working with you know, all these big uh, organisations, there's a place for all sorts of different types of activism, and uh, so you know, I was personally intrigued by um, that direct action, um, you know tactics so you know i was there as well during extinction rebellion um you know wanting to be a part of that um so there's um there's a great book by norm Phelps, and he talks about a healthy movement having both what are the terms he uses both the politicians and the um I the word but the the more like the antagonist uh type of activists so you know, like if you look at the civil rights movement, you had Martin Luther King, you had Malcolm X, different strategies, but both working towards the same goal. And I think I think that's very true in, in this movement as well. Um, you know, it, it may very well be that uh, the direct sort of action tactics um, make people aware of, of um, uh, you know, build awareness and make people aware of the issues. Um but as, as individuals or as, certainly as organizations like uh, the companies, they're more likely to partner with uh, company, uh, groups like Veganuary than maybe they are with, you know, DXC or <laughs> Anonymous or those types of organizations. So, But I, th- I think we, we, we're all in it together. We're all part of a team and, and that's how we should see things. And uh, um,
0: And that's a healthy movement for me. Yeah, we mm. truly believe in that too, hence why we're doing this series um, to hopefully get all of our activists starting to understand all the different little branches and all the different niches that they can go into because, yeah, yeah we're all... If the wheels
2: turning, what can we do? Yeah,
0: we're all, we're all <laughs> part of the movement. We're all different cogs in the machine and, um, yeah, it's brilliant when we can work together. So you also put out the million dollar offer to President Trump, or at least President at the time yeah. of recording. Um yeah. and so that was to hopefully get him on the vegan diet too and that was spearheaded by nine-year-old vegan Evan another brilliant uh, youngster on board Um, it's so great to have these um, projects you know and being able to pass over the range and have these different spearheads but out of interest is there someone who's still on your list to get at the moment you know is there someone um, you'd like to challenge in the future yes um
1: yeah we we're, we're working on a, a, a i can't say too much obviously um but we're working on a um a potential candidate at the moment uh we we're, we'll we'll have a, a different strategy for this one um at, at the moment with with coronavirus and and the uh, you know the disruption that that's caused we've decided that it's not the right timing to do another million dollar offer so um as a campaign we've we've pivoted slightly towards uh doing these food giveaways. Um so because we've got um activists in, in different countries they're they're working um with, with various different um restaurants and kitchens to to make delicious food and, and to give it to um you know people that are that are in need. Um and uh you know they say that what is it? The way to a man's heart is through his stomach. Um, so we, we're trying to to use that as a, a form of activism at the moment. Um, but I don't think it'd be too long to to um, to have another um, million-dollar offer uh, campaign. And we'll, like I said, I can't really say more than that.
2: I shall look forward to it gleefully. Yeah. <laughs> I know somebody else that says all the time about the way to a man's heart is through his stomach. So uh, yeah, totally. <laughs> <good for> that. <laughs> and that's one of the things that we love so much about both Veganuary and Million Dollar Vegan is that you give so much away. You know, not only just to participants in the form of free information and resources and support and all of those goodies, but you also give a massive amount to charities. And um, you know, not only are you working to support the vegan movement, but you're also now working towards systematic change with yet another brilliant venture. I'm wondering if you sleep at all, but um, <laughs> can you tell us about your new baby veg capital? Um, I love how you describe this in particular as a double whammy of activism.
1: Yeah, it's an extension of the, 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 um, the activism that we've been doing. So, um, I, I guess, in simple terms, we've been working on the demand side for a while. We're trying to increase the demand for vegan products by convincing people to um, either reduce their consumption of animal products or, you know, hopefully give them up completely through through the campaigns that we've been doing. Um, some of the experience that certainly we had with Veganuary is that, um, that there is... Um, you know, people are, are very open to the idea of of going vegan, but they find it very difficult. Um, they, they find that, the, you know, the, the availability of vegan products isn't there, that the price of vegan products isn't there, or the taste is not quite there yet. So, um, like through Veganuary, we always do um, a survey in February every year of, of all the people that took part. And, and we... We want to see how they got on. We want to find out how many what proportion of them are going to stick with it. Um, you know, if they're not going to stick with it, have they made changes to their diet that are still positive? Um and, and through all of that, we've we've identified that there's five main uh barriers, if you like, to, to sticking with it. Um the first one is is eating out. You know, people really struggle with that. Um, to, to, find vegan options, that, to have enough of a range of, of options when they're eating out. Um, and, and yeah, in, in places like London or New York, it's easier, but, you know, in other parts of the world, I don't know what it's like in New Zealand, but, I'm probably, particularly in rural areas, <laughs> but yeah, it's not Yeah. Um, so you've got to be highly committed to, 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 to stick with it. Um, so there's eating out, there's friends and family, it's all of that social pressure, um, you know, that, um, particularly you know youngsters with parents and parents don't approve so we get hear a lot of that those sort of stories. Um, the cooking element you know ha- having to learn how to, to to cook vegan food from scratch when you've been used to cooking in a certain way can be a challenge for people. Um, shopping that, that's the fourth part of it so you know learning you know, finding the products in in supermarkets, knowing what what products are vegan and and which ones aren't, uh, having to learn how to read labels, and you know, it, it comes naturally to us now. Scanning through the the ingredients and looking for the allergens and stuff, you know, or, or we probably just know what's vegan anyway, so it's easy. But for, for new people, it, it's more difficult. And the fifth um, barrier is cheese. You know, it's got its own sort of. St- <coughs> People find giving up cheese way more difficult than giving up meat, from from our the research that we've done. So, um, so we've we've learnt all of this and and, and felt that, um, and particularly with my, myself having a background on on the commercial side, running businesses, um, that that maybe it might make sense to start working on the supply side a little bit more, um, and helping to um, provide support and and funding uh, to stimulate, um, you know, the business side of it um, to support all the the exciting new innovations that are coming out. Um, And a a lot of these uh, young entrepreneurs have got amazing ideas, but they're bootstrapping it at the minute. And uh, so if we can provide them a little bit of support to, to, to develop their products much faster, then it's that's where the double whammy is. You know, we're still working on the demand side, but if we can help on the supply side, hopefully we'll get there quicker. So we're only a small part of it as people doing much more amazing things than we are. But uh, you know, we're we're keen to, to give it a go. Oh
0: well, that's absolutely brilliant. I, I definitely know about yeah that fifth uh, fifth one with cheese. Um I used <laughs> to be a massive cheese back in the day. And I think it's probably yeah. the most advice I give people when they ask about um we're in a lot of uh vegan and vegetarian groups, you know, um, so we get that chance to talk to a lot more people and cheese is always the the big one that comes up, you know, and <laughs> yeah. If yeah. I can manage, it, I think everyone can. We well, ate really. yeah, a lot
2: of Asian and Indian to start with, you know, but like you say, the yeah. more products we can get out there to, to make it easier for people. It's uh even even just today, you know, I think we take it for granted once we've been vegan for a while as well. Um even just today yeah. on Facebook, you know, I saw several people in groups going, trying to go vegan but it's so hard and of course you know after being been vegan three years it's not hard at all but you know i think you can't <laughs> you can't underestimate how people are feeling you know and, and having that support there so to, to make that adjustment easier it's just yeah so
0: important stop the podcast we would like to take a moment to give a shout out to one of our partners bfc bfc makes some great tasting food that doesn't cost a wing and a leg they take fresh wholesome plants work some magic and deep fry them to create vegan fried chicken all the taste without the suffering no chickens are harmed in the making of vfc ever head on over to vfc.co.uk to get yours today now back to the podcast
1: yeah and and coming back to the cheese situation at the moment that there is things are definitely getting better but we i don't think we've quite cracked the code as a movement yet on cheese um so that there are some amazing products and we're starting to you know we're getting pitch decks through from amazing companies um and uh and i've been getting some samples and i've been giving them to my parents who are not vegan saying that you know dad Mum, you know could you try these and let us know because it's for me it's like eight nine years since i've had dairy cheese so It's not my view that's important it's your view on this so um but i I think um from what i'm seeing
0: with on the technological
1: side we're getting there slowly but surely which is great news
0: that's brilliant the focus of veg capital is helping to transform a broken food system how can um we help you in achieving that you know ask the audience and um yeah just the general public
1: yeah, well, we're, we're interested in talking to uh, to great founders. Um, so, you know, raising awareness of that Veg Capital exists is is certainly helping us. Um, we we've been quietly making a few investments because i was still working on the million dollar vegan campaign. Um, you know, through the back end of last year, um, myself and Jane have sort of handed over the reins to to somebody to, to Naomi now, who's who's running the campaign going forward um so we needed to type a few loose ends before we threw ourselves fully into veg capital but since we we launched sort of publicly two weeks ago we've had at least 50 applications um it's probably way more than that actually um and uh it's you know, it's been amazing to see to see what's what's out there so there's there's no shortage of founders out there that that need financial support the challenge for us is we have a limited fund uh you know, size and, you know, we can't unfortunately support everybody and that I'm finding difficult actually because there's some great entrepreneurs with great ideas, but they just don't quite fit our criteria. And, uh, you know, I'm finding very difficult to, to say no to these founders because I love what they're doing um, and, and they love what they're doing and, and they think that they're they, we should support them. And I agree with them to some extent, but, you know, unfortunately we, we, you know we can't we, we don't have the capacity to to to, to offer the, the funding to, to every company unfortunately
0: i look forward to the uh the vegans version of uh dragon's den or shark tank oh, as they have yeah. in, the, in the us you
2: know that would be awesome vegan okay. vault or something wouldn't that be great <laughs>
1: but there are there already is there, there's one uh v i don't know if you've come across yeah. uh damien and julie okay so they, they've, uh, run, uh, plant and pitch for the last two or three years in London, but it's, um, not sort of TV show like, like Dragon's Den or Shark Tank. Um, it, it's done as part of the boot camp. but obviously with COVID-19, I think an events are, are unable to, to happen at the moment. Then, um, I think they're looking at a new strategy for, it's called plant and pitch. Um, so very similar sort of idea. Um, but I think there's a lot of people would be interested in seeing that as an online TV show um, because it's fascinating, isn't it? Um, yeah. See these pictures and, and and the dragons asking the, the these awkward questions. Um, yeah, I, I don't watch TV, but it's uh, these days. But it's been like ten years since I've watched TV properly. But I do miss Dragons Den. I must admit. <laughs>
2: no that's awesome yeah it's great all the thinking outside the square and there's obviously so much going on from what you say which is is really exciting so hopefully everybody needs to you know even the ones that you can't invest in right now gets to just yeah keep hold of that passion and and get to where they want to be so um talking of evolution it's funny (laughs) gareth and i we we went out for lunch yesterday (laughs) and after listening to uh to you doing a talk for for evolution we were going between you know different outlets um where we were, there was no 100% vegan, uh, you know, eateries. But, yeah, the whole time we were like, hmm, which one would Matthew support? (laughs) Because. (laughs) <laughs> In the talk that we uh, that we heard you give for v for Vvolution, you know, you stressed the importance of backing vegan products and voting with our wallets for a better world. And for many of us, you know, we feel conflicted when major corporations put out vegan products or, you know, non-vegan eateries to have vegan options, but, you know, there's still a lot that we don't like about it. So can you explain for our viewers why it is also still important that we do back these vegan options?
1: Yeah, so... um the the, the talk that I gave the the headline was something like why KFC McDonald's and Unilever are not the enemy um and I I was really apprehensive giving that talk to a a whole room full you know 200 vegan activist types um (laughs) in fact I had my running shoes on just in case I needed to sort of dash out of the room really quickly at the end but it you know it went down very well um so basically you know my my view is, is it's nuanced because you know i understand that uh, a lot of activists don't like uh a lot of how capitalism you know functions right now and i totally get that um and 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 clearly mcdonald's and kfc are involved in you know horrendous animal exploitation you know, so um but i think that the, the bigger picture is that unfortunately the the, the the uh plant-based movement is is such um so small i mean it's it's such a small small fraction of the overall world economy um i, I shared various different facts uh, but you know just looking for example at, at vegan restaurants um, as one example. So I think I, we worked it out that the number of vi- vegan restaurants in the world is something like 0.001% of all restaurants. So even if the number of vegan restaurants over the next 10 years increased by tenfold, which a lot of people would see that as a real positive move, you know, 10 times more vegan restaurants than the were 10 years ago we'd still be at 0.001% or whatever it is, 0.2%, um, you know, in 10 years' time. So all, all I was proposing is that wouldn't it be a lot better if the 99.9% of of normal restaurants, let's call them, are increasing the number of vegan options? So, and to do that, we need, they need to be able to see that there's a demand for it, which means that vegans vegetarians flexitarians need to 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 support that uh, and then that those companies then can see that there is a demand and they can start doing and then capitalism becomes better you know we, we, we're we're showing that there's a demand and then they make they then start making better choices and start providing more plant based options um, so so that that's the gist of it I just you know and at the end of the day, I mean, I go to vegan restaurants. I, I, I support vegan brands myself. We're investing in them right now. But I think my my big issue was the criticism that you get from some vegan activists of people that do support these these companies by, you know, and, and being critical of them. And I think, by all means, if, if, if you don't want to support McDonald's or KFC, um, totally get that. But just don't criticize others that that are doing it because it's not necessarily so black and white. That that that's my perspective on things.
0: well that's wonderful. Um, we've had a previous talker, uh, uh Meredith Marine, mm-hmm. and she did uh vegan Aruba. I'm not sure if you've heard of that, but basically turned the island of Aruba vegan um by getting these options in so many of the restaurants out there and basically, yeah, anywhere you go yeah. on the island you can eat. And yeah it's yeah.
2: um, it all down to encouragement wasn't it, it was going yeah. into these places saying what can I eat you know you're not providing yeah. enough I'll eat here if you provide you know what I need and I know heaps of people that will do the same yeah. and she's got 40 restaurants now yeah. in the island of Aruba offering okay. vegan options whereas before <laughs> there were none you know so there's nothing yeah. bad in that, you know it's all positive
1: so um, yeah there's some great people doing similar sort of work uh, and just one other example that I gave in the talk was looking at a big organization like Danone, who are, you know, a big conglomerate, mostly uh, dairy-based products. And um, they acquired a plant-based milk company, White Wave, in about three or four years ago. A huge amount of money. Um, and they got brands like Alpro in in, in UK and Europe and Silk in, in the United States. And I, I and, and then if you look at their trading updates over the last couple of years, you'll see them talking about that their dairy side of their business is is flatlining or even in retreat, but their plant-based products are, are growing, you know, or even sometimes double-digit, you know, growth on that on their plant-based line. So my 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 view was that you know looking at it, if, if imagine if I was a director in the boardroom of Dunon, and you've got two sides to your business, one which is dairy, exploiting animals, and one which is plant-based and and vegan. And, you know, one's going like this, and one's going like this. What are you going to do when it comes to investing in the future? You're going to invest more of your time, money, and resources on the plant-based side of things. And you're going to put less into the the dairy side of it. And and I've seen people saying, well, I'm not willing to spend money with... uh, on Alpro because the money's going to go to exploitation of animals through the, you know, the dairy aspect. But I look at it and think, well, actually, another way to look at it is this is a dairy company that's actually now investing in plant-based. So the there's something good has come out of the bad, you know. I, I know it's looking at it from a simple perspective, but um, it, it sort of works for me. I just I just think we need to infiltrate these businesses we need to infiltrate the existing infrastructure as much as possible um so that we can change from within because if we remain as outsiders you know it's a lot more difficult to affect change but when you're on the inside you've got a lot more chance to um to shift the
0: needle in the right direction much faster i'm so glad you brought that up because that was uh one part i really enjoyed um during that previous talk and um, we'll have to get and link it in with the show um, so people can watch that full talk because yeah, it, it's really fascinating to see your point of view on it, and it really helped us yeah. sort of open my eyes on you know how I'm voting with my wallet. But um yeah. so we've talked uh, already a little bit about you know sort of the investment side of it, and currently, um, well, at the time of researching this, you're investing about eight different uh, game-changing sort of companies with Veg Capital. Yeah. Um, Some things look absolutely brilliant on paper, but they don't always have the legs. Is there anything um, that you do to sort of help you decide which projects you want to back?
1: Yeah. um, So so we're interested in a few niches within a niche, really. So obviously the vegan plant-based scene is a a niche at the moment. Um, And we're particularly interested in um meat alternatives, alternative proteins, um, dairy alternatives, um, egg replacements. Um, we're also interested in cultured cell based agriculture. Um, th- those are our two prior primary areas. We have already invested in other areas, but going forward we, we want to um to, to invest more in those type of companies um there's a chap called chris Kerr at new crop capital who talks about share of stomach so it's it's investing in products where people eat the most of um so you know chicken fish people are eating a lot of that dairy products they have a high share of the stomach um so that's that's the way we're thinking so um you know for example we 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 we're, we're less interested in in investing in uh, vegan products that are already you know, that competition is vegan products anyway, because we're not making effecting change as fast then. So, for example, um, I don't know, a, a, a fruit and nut snack bar, which, you know, is vegan. That's great. Um, But, you know, the competition is probably already mostly vegan anyway. Um And, the you know, when people are eating that, it's not a direct replacement for something that is is, is heavy in terms of animal products so that's the sort of core area that we're looking for and then in terms of um sort of criteria that we're looking for we we have um, uh, uh, a pitch guidance uh, page on our website where and there's sort of 10 key areas that we're looking for in terms of uh, the proposals that come our way so you know we i can't remember all 10 of them but it's things like um what's the problem is this a genuine problem that you're solving? Is the solution a realistic solution for the problem? Um, what is your team like? What's your marketing plan like? Um, you know, what's the traction to date? So we're really looking for uh, companies that have potentially already got a minimum viable product and, it, you know, they there's, there's, can show some sales traction. Um, and that gives us sort of a comfort that this is... Um, you know, a, a, a company that we'd, we'd like to support and we think there's a, a real chance that they're going to be successful. Um, and, and then obviously you get into the nitty gritty evaluations and, and all of that awkward stuff. Well, I'm finding it awkward at the minute, do <laughs> but um So, I mean, if you could put that in the link to, you know, if anybody is interested, we, we, we would certainly, prefer everybody, before contacting us to read through the pitch guidance so they've got a better idea of, what we're looking for it's also great advice for them you know not just with us but if they're looking for investment from anywhere just to get an idea of what investors really are looking for and what is likely to be um, a successful business going forward
2: yeah hmm. definitely no it's a good idea we'll definitely provide that link i'm sure there must be a lot of people that are um you know at home that have got a really good um you know brilliant food business or an idea or you know either yeah. they've got one themselves or they know somebody who has and you know where do we go from here so yeah we'll definitely do that um thank yeah. you it really stuck. a chord with us at um the veg fest uh another one of the brilliant talks that you gave when you said we are helping the animals who aren't in need yet as in the ones who are still alive which is you know so true and when we donate to an animal sanctuary or a charity, it makes us feel really great. But um, at the same time, we often bulk at some of the, the prices of the plant-based products. So should we yeah. perhaps be viewing this differently? You know, I'm recognizing that by paying a little more for, for the plant-based innovations, we are also still ha- helping the animals by changing that demand.
1: Yeah. So I I see it quite a lot on on social media where, there's complaints about the prices of vegan products and um having seen what you know the the other side of things you know the businesses themselves and and their the cost to manufacture and, and the supply chain um costs involved and and also realizing that all of these companies are actually at this point in time pre you know pre profit they're not making profits anyway um you know they're they're scaling their businesses up and, and such like I think we should just be a little bit more um um supportive uh, and understanding that um that it's going to take time for these companies to reach scale and economies of scale to be able to compete on a like for like basis with uh, the animal based products so you know personally I'm comfortable knowing that um the companies are um, potentially making profits out of uh, out of my purchases Um, So, and then if you look at it from a retailer perspective, if supermarkets uh, are actually finding that they're making more money out of the plant-based products than they are out of the animal-based products, you know, because there is a higher gross margin on those products, then they're going to start providing more shelf space. They're going to start promoting those products a lot more because it's in their interest to do so. So, yeah, I'm easygoing on it. Um, I, I know I'm in a slightly privileged position that, I, you know, I can afford to as well. Um, so, you know, I do, I do sympathize and, that you know, try, again, try not to be judgmental. But, um, but I, I just think if, if people can afford it to pay a little bit extra for the vegan products, then that's really helping the movement grow and helping to uh, facilitate the, the growth of the sector, really. Oh
2: yeah God. definitely yeah i mean it's it's again it's about voting with your wallet isn't it and that vote helps the animals in the long run so um yeah. yeah
1: yeah yeah but but we do need to as you know with a lot of these products we need to to get much closer to price parity um because it's i've often used the analogy of to to, to go to make the decision to go vegan it's a bit like um uh if you use a high jump analogy, like if you're in the 70s or 80s, to, to go vegan, it was like the bar was really high. You had to do one of those, what they you call them, Finsbury flops or whatever to get over there. Um, you know, so you had to be highly committed to want to be vegan because, you know, there, there was no products. You know, you just had to eat fruit and vegetables. And a lot of uh, vegans that I know in the UK talk about that sauce mix. Sauce mix, is it? Like you had to make your own... Mix. Remember
2: that when I went vegetarian, yeah. I grew up in the UK, yeah, and that was one of the yeah. first things I got was the sausages. It wasn't that yeah. great. It was alright. No, right.
1: this is it. <laughs> you know, and 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 the the soya milk and stuff wasn't so great twenty years ago. Um. So so the, the bar was really high, and I think what's been happening over the years is the bar is getting lower and lower. So when I went vegan eight years ago, I still had to do a bit of a backflip to get over there, but, um, you know, it it was, it was doable. I didn't need to train for two months to to be able to do that, you know? Um, and you know, I think with the January and, uh, a lot of the organizations in the UK, speaking from a UK perspective, you know, the the number of options that are, that are coming to market, it's, it's a bit lower than it was eight years ago when I did it. So maybe people can almost step over it now. Um, So to get it to a point where it's literally, people can just literally skip over this, this bar, then we need to get the price of vegan products comparable or even lower. We can get meat alternatives tasting as good as meat or better and for less money. Then you're not, we're not going to have people arguing about it anymore. It's just going to be natural. It's just going to be obvious. And, you know, we're not quite there yet, but, um, there's there's promising signs and in, in 10, 20 years, then hopefully, hopefully
0: it'll just be, the, the bar will be so low that people just walking straight over it. I really look forward to that day. And um, yeah, I think it's, <laughs> it's one of the times when uh, dropping the bar is, is, a, is a positive thing, you know, and um, yeah, I really look forward to that. But um, a massive 99% of the animals on this um, planet are farm animals. Compared to the one percent in laboratories, shelters, and other situations, um, yet when it comes to charitable giving um, to help animals animal causes, sixty percent of that um, goes to shelters. This is something that veg capital is also helping to change with the profits um, you make as a company. Can you tell us a little bit about that
1: <clears throat> yeah you're absolutely right um there's a disproportionate amount of um, you know charitable giving well firstly most charitable giving goes to human causes um but in terms of the money that goes to animals it, it, yeah it's it goes to <clears throat> um yeah to the to the one percent rather than the 99 percent. and then even when you look at the the 99 um you know the the money that's going to vegan causes there's a higher proportion of that that's going to sanctuaries than is going to um uh, uh, campaigns that are campaigning to sort of solve the problem in the first place if you like and actually trying to get people to stop eating, eating animal products so um, I, I believe it's one of the if not the biggest challenge that our movement has got from a campaigning perspective is that there just isn't enough funding there isn't enough money so that the organisations are all um, bootstrapped really I mean Veganuary is, is an example We've been going for six or seven years now. um, We're a UK registered charity. We've had quite good brand awareness and and a level of success in the UK, but our turnover is still about 1.2 million, which is minute compared to some, a lot of bigger charities. Um, And it's not just us, there's so many other great campaigns, campaigning groups out there that are also similarly struggling to, to raise the funds. Um, so things are changing a little bit. There's the whole effective altruism movement, which has sort of identified this to some extent, and they're sort of focusing on uh, trying to um, encourage more money to go to these uh, campaign groups like um like, Veganuary, like ProVeg, and that are working on the diet change aspect. And in terms of uh, veg capital, um so i i to be honest i forgot to mention this when we were talking earlier but yeah all of our profits go to charity um we we haven't made any profits yet um it's going to be and the profits that we make will will happen when companies that we invest in exit in at some point so you're looking at probably a 3 to 5 year minimum time scale for that to happen so you know when a company that we've invested in is bought out by a bigger player or they do an IPO or private equity investment or whatever. But at that point in time, if we've invested 250,000 in pounds in a in a startup and we get 10 times revenue on that, which is what we're aiming for with all of our investments, so we've got two and a half million. We will be investing that all of that money into effective animal diet change charities um, in the UK and Europe. So. Um, I mean, we're we're still a few years away from that, but um, we'll be keen to try and work out which at that point in time is is doing the greatest good um, for for animals and working on that 99% sort of problem that we've, we've mentioned.
2: That's awesome. Warms my heart just thinking about that with the, with the future, you know, and, um, yeah, it must be such an exciting time and such a, such an awesome thing to be part of. I mean, according to the statistics yeah. that we've seen, which is probably, I don't know, could be a few years old for all we know now, but, um, you know, veganuary has resulted in at least 20 million animals' lives being spared, which is phenomenal. You know, um, how does that make you feel instigating something like that?
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, to be honest, it's difficult really to calculate these things. So it's, it's a bit of a, um, well, let's put an estimate to it. But um, oh, listen, I'm, me and Jane feel like it's the best idea we've ever had was big January. And, uh, you know, we, we, we know we, we, we've seen so many, so much anecdotal evidence of how we've um, changed people's lives you know forever for the better we, we've seen the impact that we've had on, on some of the, the corporate world so um yeah we're very pleased and proud of, of what we've achieved but we can't rest on our laurels neither there's so much more to do and uh you know when when i i went vegan and seven eight eight nine years ago i, I lose track um but um yeah, we were like 0.25% of the population at that point in time. I mean, when I went vegan, I'd never met another vegan before. I just I just decided to do it with absolutely no support from anybody. Um, now, it's maybe 1% to 2% in the UK, and I think there's been progress around the world, but it's still way too slow for the animals. So we've, we've all got to just keep doing our best, trying to do it as effectively as we can, um, and we'll get there in the end. Um, i'm sure he will
0: thank you for listening to this interview we hope you found it informative and entertaining to learn more about matthew's most recent project check out vfc.co.uk once again be sure to follow us on our social media platforms for future episodes this has been vegan FTA, vegan for the animals